0: Spring is in the air and spring training is here. A lot of you in South Florida are going to be driving on the highway back and forth, probably about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, if you're headed over to Roger D. Chevrolet Stadium or even the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. And if you are doing that, you may as well consider getting yourself into a pre-owned vehicle. And the place to buy one, if you're listening to this podcast, is happycarsflorida.com. Happy Car, which is located... 203 West State Road 84 in Fort Lauderdale and is owned by my buddy Louie who I have been buying cars for for 20 years those of you who listen to this podcast should know that last week one of you went in and bought a car from Louie so thanks for doing that thanks for mentioning me his phone number is 954 800 2449 again the phone number is 954 800 2449 whether you have good credit bad credit or no credit whatsoever it doesn't matter because you know why when you buy a car from Louie, he finances the car in-house. You don't have to go anywhere. Give him a call right now, 954-800-2449. Check out the website, happycarsflorida.com. Guess what? If you don't see a car that's on the website and you want to drive something different, call Louie, tell him Craig sent you, he'll get the car for you. You'll be driving out of the lot the very same day. happycarsflorida.com, 954 954- 800-2449. Go check out Happy Car and drive away happy.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Swings and Mishes. I am your producer, Jeremy Tachet, joined as always by Craig Mish. And the Marlins have started 5-0 in the Grapefruit League in spring training this year. Uh, another hot start for the Marlins in spring training. And Craig, I mean, do you have any thoughts about this 5-0 and start?
0: I mean, look, this is uh, indicative of a World Series right here. I mean, this is, this is the beginning of of that. You know, baseball. I don't know if you heard is uh, is going to add the spring training wins to the regular season total as well. So the Marlins could be looking at a hundred wins. At the end. You
1: know me, it's it's not hard for me to declare somebody a champion just you know based off just a little bit. So I, I get it. I get it.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot. What a lot of this has been coming back late in games too or tie mm-hmm. games that the younger kids have have ended up really taking this thing and I mean look I mean it is spring training at least it gives more optimism especially on the younger players side to see because I think for at least some of the starters it's been a little bit of a struggle but we are so early on in this process in the spring training process too to really evaluate it that it's almost impossible But I would say that this time next week, we'll, you know, have five, six games of data from players in the early on. We won't overvalue that either. Mm -hmm. But at the very least, we'll have a little bit more to look at. I particularly am not looking really at anything that's happened thus far, uh, especially from the regulars, the players that they signed in the offseason and things that have happened on the mound that really don't have any relevance to me whatsoever.
1: Right. Well, and, and in this start, you're right. What you did just mention was a lot of the younger players have sort of carried the load, especially late in games. Uh, one of the players who has been literally unstoppable. Uh, he is six for six in terms of on base percentage. He's three for three at the plate. It's Jazz Chisholm. And Jazz has sort of become a little bit of a darling uh, on social media the last week or so. Um. He was the player, for those who don't remember, who was traded in exchange for Zach Gallen, who had been pitching well last season. Uh, Jazz was traded over from Arizona, and he's thriving here in spring training. So what are your thoughts on Jazz? What have you heard from the Marlins about how they're feeling about Jazz?
0: Yeah, quite a bit, as a matter of fact. And and look, it is still very early on in the process with him. I think that we're getting a little ahead of ourselves thinking that he's going to be the opening day, either shortstop or infielder in 2020. But I think that what you're seeing is what the Marlins saw, and to kind of take people back a little bit and you know I've been asking a lot more questions recently about jazz and and just kind of how this all happened, and I think that we all can go back and you can listen to all my podcasts on the past mm-hmm. and my timeline as to how this happened, but to dive a little bit deeper and send a little bit of a reminder to everybody, this was a player that. The Marlins had been scouting for almost two years. Um, I, you know, it's, it's hard to say that they first became aware of a player. That's not fair because the organization had been scouting. But let's remember, they're all you know bringing in new scouts and new development team and everything else in 2018. Uh, you know, kind of took a year to them for them to get their footing under them with all of that. But the real big awareness, I would say, of the player where he became a potential target for the Marlins was the Arizona fall league in 2018. that has been clear. And I've mentioned that several times. Um, I believe Derek Jeter, the CEO of the team was involved in that process of identifying the player as well. Uh, All those things have sort of been confirmed to me. So uh, Mm. that's kind of when the ball got rolling a little bit. And then, you know, he had the season that he had in 2019 at the beginning of the season, there were some struggles there for sure. And I think that the Marlins found themselves very surprised in, in the Arizona Diamondbacks situation that the Diamondbacks would be willing to even trade the player at that time when his name came up in uh, in July and he had been a player that they'd wanted uh, to target. And so when the deal uh, kind of started to to come to fruition, the Diamondbacks initially uh, asked for a lot more, including uh, Edward Cabrera. They, that's mm. who they wanted in the deal. Uh, and, and if I'm – I think I'm correct here by saying they wanted a gallon at network Cabrera in the wow. Deal. And the Marlins were, you know, clearly uh, not going to do that. But on the 31st, give credit to, to Mike Hill, who uh, pulled the trigger and was the aggressor in the deal and ended up getting him back for just Zach Gallen, who certainly looks like a, a bona fide a starting pitcher in the big leagues. There's right. been some debate on him as well. And I think some debate as to how, the Marlins felt internally on Zach Gallen, and that's mm-hmm. natural because within an organization, you're going to have everyone can't have the same opinions. <laughs> what would be a point? You can come to a consensus at the end, but everyone shouldn't have the same opinion. So, from people in the Marlins organization, I've heard anywhere to a potential number one or number two starter to a number four to a number three. And if I just took the aggregate of all that, it feels like uh, the Marlins felt that at the time that they made the trade, the best case scenario for Gallen was a number three starter. That's what it sounds like to me now we're going to find out a lot more about that right in 2020 and certainly we'll find out more about jazz in 2020 as well so we're kind of full circle here now from that trade to what we've seen in spring training and the one thing that i could tell you about jazz as an individual is that it's been a while since miami has had that it factor that player yep. that is an everyday player on the field now make no mistake about it the last player that we saw that with was jose fernandez But Jose, uh, rest in peace, was a once every five days type player, which is why it was called Jose Day. But when you have an everyday player that is going to bring uh, people to the park, it's different. Now, you may say, well, what about Stanton? Well, you know, Stanton did have that one great season where he was the MVP. Uh, I don't know that he was endearing to the media or endearing to the fans and and certainly the social uh, media awareness isn't what it was, uh, it, it's more now than what it was back in 2017. I mean, you see the social media is just growing and growing exponentially every single year. Not an indictment on Stanton. He just didn't want to be that guy. Wasn't a huge talker to the media. Wasn't really out front, uh, you know, on social media and engaging fans. It's just a fact. It's just, right. It's just who he was. He was just a guy that went out there and was uber talented and, and won an MVP. Takes nothing away from him. By the way, takes nothing away from Christian Yelich, who was never like that as well. Takes nothing away from JT, who was never really Mm -hmm. uh, out there as much as he is now with Philadelphia, where he's more of a spokesman for the team and doing a lot more of the talking. This is what happens in the natural progression of players. You've seen Gellich is now that guy with Milwaukee, too. (laughs) Right. So he's got that it factor now. But they weren't when they were here in Miami. It's just what it was. So this does remind me a little bit of when Dontre Willis came up and Miguel Cabrera came up. And we don't want to throw comps of those kind of players as far as talent is concerned, because we're still far away from that in, in, in seeing that realization. But there's no question that he has something that makes you want to wonder what he's going to do the next day. How's he going to yeah. perform the next day? And that's a rare commodity to have in baseball. So whether it becomes an all-star, whether he becomes a regular everyday player, we're still kind of unsure, but he's got a wonderful personality. He, uh, I've witnessed personally a couple of things that I'll mention here. The first is is that, because I've had an opportunity to bring my son to a lot of these uh, practices and games. He is very fan friendly. He does not seem to be caught up in any of the hype of who he is and what he's about. Uh, Sometimes I've seen him uh, as the last person to still be on uh, a practice field Mm. uh, engaging with the fans while everyone else has gone in the clubhouse. He's the first guy out, last guy off. And then uh, an anecdote that I told somebody the other day that I thought was funny as well, because again, I'm watching Uh, Some of these uh, with with my son as a fan. And so just kind of standing there the other day uh, in right field, I believe it was when or was it left field? Yeah. When the Marlins come in on on Roger Dean Stadium and and look, we can we're not going to go deeper into this conversation. So you'll (laughs) you'll you'll get my little bit of my innuendo as to where I'm going here. So essentially uh, players walk out on the field and in in that left field corner is where a lot of the fans assemble to try and get pictures or autographs or whatever it is and a lot of them are adults a lot of them are bigger adults too as we know yep. and my son, my son is is uh is 7 so he sticks out among amongst all of these so uh one of the adults which is fine if that's your hustle fine have at it but one of the, <laughs> one of the adults uh says you know is yelling at uh at, at jazz Ch- uh, jazz mean, monte 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 oh no okay so you know i mean look you know take your second <laughs> take your second or two to throw some innuendo and, and all, you know okay you know monte monte so jazz could have said anything at that point you know i mean right. he would you know he turned around and i was like what is going to come out of this guy's mouth you know like I mean it could have been anything at that point. anything i mean literally could yeah have it
1: could have been anything
0: you know torn this fan apart you know, uh-huh. really, you know? and i uh, walks over and he says to the fan. Uh, just really, like, deadpan, like, with nothing else. Do I look 6'4"? Oh, and then that's stop. And, and he walked away. And I thought, you know, like, that was an opportunity right there that I don't know how I would have handled that oh, as so as another player, and let alone an African-American player who's on the field is being compared uh, to another one. Right. And then, of course, the fans quickly, uh, oh, Jazz, 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 you know, at that point, realizing yeah, it course. was him. So I, I, I think in particular he's handling himself very well for – for this early part of the attention that he's gotten. And I think it's important for me to mention these things because I'm in a fortunate position to not only just be able to cover this team, but to tell you guys so many things that you don't see that happen uh, on and and off the field. So I wanted to bring a little bit of that uh, to to the podcast. today.
1: Well, what was fun was, you know, jazz was interviewed after, I believe it was the Sunday game um, when he, he had a couple of hits. It was in the clubhouse and, you know, What was so cool to hear from Jazz was just his love of the game. You know, I think we know that all these guys love to play the game. It's vocalized a lot more in spring training than throughout the rest of the year because there's excitement to be back. But the way that Jazz does talk about baseball and the way he talks about the little things, and there was one, one, one moment where he was talking about, you know, I don't care if it's an RBI or if it's fielding a routine ground ball, I'm having fun. You know, and that's something that I think uh, has been lacking around some of the youth with the Marlins last number of years, because there's been a lot of pressure there to to either rush through the system or be the guy that's the savior. And what's been cool is Jazz does have the time, because there is a little more steadiness in the organization than there there was for some of these other young kids that came up. You know, in the last number of years, that he has the time to to make his way and enjoy the process and just. Thrive in the way that he can, and that's been very exciting, and seeing his relationship with Monte, who you just mentioned the sure. two of those guys really do love each other that they've made that abundantly clear, so yeah you know it, it is nice to see the young guys thriving, especially jazz who who's had a lot of success thus far, and because we're mentioning it, of course, you know, yeah, I go for two tonight
0: and and by the way, uh you know the organization does feel at this point that whether he's very close or there, uh his defense is as close mm-hmm. to or big league ready. Uh, at the shortstop position it's going to be the offense now that he's got to tune up a little bit and I think some of that will happen this year in Wichita which is clearly the right move to have him there at the beginning of the season at the very least to to uh, to build off off what happened last year so um, yeah so we're we're getting closer to that and again uh, in my in my mind going back not just in Marlins history but in baseball history as well like what are those who are those players that you wanted to turn Mm -hmm. the TV on to watch who are those players that you would buy a ticket to watch a game. Uh, Who were those players that the Marlins would consider signing a long-term extension to before they play a single (laughs) major league game. You know, this look the Seattle did that in the off season, the Braves signed uh, Acuna and Albies after very little service time. The white Sox just signed Lewis Robert before he played a single game. And so this is something that the Marlins have to start considering, you know, a legitimate player in their organization that it makes a statement to the fans and I, and the, you know, the other part of this too is that i mentioned this and uh, you know on social media because i am a sucker for the nice uh, guys in the game there's no doubt yeah a, i i am a sucker for that <laughs> and some and sometimes i get burned a little bit because i see a player or i i engage with them and i you know they're so nice and i like to say nice things about um nice players i want to be clear about this um with all of the players of the Marlins, this is not, even, even though I've said that they, you know, their attempt to acquire nice players and great culture players and great attitude players, make no mistake about it. They're not 100% all super nice and all amazing. Like this is baseball. There's going to be a one percenter or two percenter Mm -hmm. and, and on the team there will be, this is going to happen. Not every player will engage with fans and not every player will be as nice as some of these others. It's just that the point that I've been trying to make is I think that that is, has been a priority. You're not going right. to succeed a hundred percent of the time in that acquisition. And, um, you know, I, I've, you know, talked to different people in the organization about that, different players who I thought have great attitudes, a couple who I thought maybe could use a little bit of a boost in that category as well. So uh, just. You know, just as a whole, wanted to make sure
1: I mentioned that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, transitioning to the next next topic here, you mentioned defensive trade off with offense, and Jonathan VR right now is the ultimate example of that, where VR actually hasn't played any defense yet. He's primarily just been at DH. Uh, Last podcast and the podcast before, we were talking about VR as a center fielder. Don Mattingly mentioned VR as a center fielder. Mike Hill mentioned VR as a center fielder. You spoke with VR yesterday. What did he have to say about playing centerfield?
0: So, yeah, this, so this was not in an interview form. This is just having a conversation with a player. And you know, again, when a player will, uh, or any individual will tell me, and this is happening with me all the time, by the way, with the Marlins, mm-hmm. like some things I'm told, uh, hey, like this is a private conversation and this is something that shouldn't be brought out. And when someone makes that clear, that's not something that I will mention on the podcast. I could mention it as far as reporting a source says or something like that so i want to be clear on that uh because this was not an interview uh with right. with jonathan yesterday this was more of hey the game ended and we're standing around you know sometimes it, it is an awkward feeling to stand in a clubhouse just waiting on a player or just you know wondering what to do and so uh, vr was approached by uh, some of the uh, asian media about the kid who pitched for uh, the Cardinals yesterday. And they were just asking questions about him. So when that, when that was all said and done, I, I kind of feel like at this point, we're, we're uh, more than a week into games or a week into games in spring training. I'm not saying that there's a rush to play VR in the field. But, you know, we, we have had a few weeks here where, where VR has been there and he's been practicing playing center field on the backfields, things we're not seeing. And I just simply wanted to kind of know where he stood <laughs> on the matter yet. And he basically, among some of the other things that I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, did say that today he would be ready to play center field mm-hmm. and said that the organization had uh, essentially told him, hey, look, we're not going to rush this. Like, whenever you feel ready, we got a month to go until the season and you let us know. And so I asked him, do you feel like you're ready at this point? And his answer was yes. So whether or not we see him in the lineup tonight playing center field against the Mets, I'm not really sure. Also keep in mind teams in general, when the weather gets cold, don't even like to risk anything. So there's a chance that even if they, uh, he was going to play center field on, uh, on Thursday night in Jupiter, they're expecting the coldest weather and it may be in February here. So it could get down to the fifties and forties. I know anybody in the Northeast that's listening is laughing, but this, but this is spring training. And sometimes uh, players don't play in the cold weather. Uh, Wouldn't shock me to see him playing center field tonight. Wouldn't shock me to see them wait another day or two. I'm not really sure how that will work out. But the other thing that uh, has been unbeknownst to anyone and has not been mentioned to anyone because simply I I guess it just hasn't come up uh, that I was unaware that uh, VR had a minor surgery after the season ended in uh, in October. Now, to what extent that is – and the specifics of it i'm not 100% clear uh my understanding is that vr had some form of a hernia surgery after the season ended it was nothing that uh that he did during the season and it didn't affect him at all in all of 2019 he clearly had an amazing season and and i had mentioned hey you know wow like uh, fortunate that you didn't do anything during the season because obviously that would have affected your right. year and uh you know apparently this is something that he had done and uh, sidelined him as far as uh, you know being able to have any baseball activity in the month of november if i'm not mistaken and i'll try to get a much clearer uh idea of this because i don't want to speak uh completely out of turn my understanding is that uh it was at least from the marlins perspective it was some sort of uh cosmetic type thing as opposed to something that was that he was hurting from as far as the Mm -hmm. injury was concerned. I'm not a hundred percent clear on what it was, but uh, any kind of surgery that a player has that is unreported uh, probably should be reported. So I'm doing that here. And uh, as far as VR is concerned, he mentioned 90 steals to me. He says Mm -hmm. that he's a hundred percent healthy and is not only fully recovered from uh, that, quote, hernia-type surgery, but it has no effect whatsoever on him, and he has been great for a long time. So I don't believe that has anything to do with the fact that he hasn't played the field over the last week, but I think that at least uh, it it probably needs to be reported because it was brought to my attention, and so we'll, uh, you know, certainly I'll I'll have to do more of an update and get a a clear, concise – idea as to what happened specifically here now that people are listening to this podcast perhaps mm-hmm. that will be done uh, for me but i will tell you that it has no effect whatsoever on how he feels right now right. the other question that i have again i have not had time to do my full due diligence on mm-hmm. with this but in order to get a story right you have to do that is uh, whether or not the orioles uh, you know knew this at the time because this is around the time that the marlins ended up acquiring vr2 right so uh not a baseball type injury just a a tolerance for pain it appears type injury in terms of uh the hernia and um yeah i mean caught me by surprise yesterday so there you go yeah
1: yeah it's caught me by surprise here uh i think uh vr hopefully we will see him uh in center field whether that is tonight or moving forward in the next couple of days but it's glad to know he's at least feeling 100 percent at this point Uh, We mentioned jazz. You mentioned VR. Craig, do you have any final thoughts before we do wrap up this episode of swings and meshes?
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's really been, you know, it's one of the things that I I did want to bring to, to the show today in a little bit more of an open conversation about it, just to kind of end it is uh, the vice president of player development, Gary Denbo, who now uh, over the course of, you know, almost two years is uh, look, he's, has, he's, come on our podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's, he's done very little media. I think that he would probably say that he's done very little media as well, but in the, in the limited time and the limited conversations that I've had to have with him, Mm -hmm. boy, I, I think at least from what I'm seeing. And again, I I don't see everything that goes on within the organization and outside the organization, but this guy, he has a sense of humor. He is (laughs) funny. He is engaging. I mean, I am just not seeing all of these things that have been uh, reported. And again, I, I have to, you know, obviously defer to some uh, great reporters who were in the industry, uh, like The Athletic and, and Ken Rosenthal and all that, for the reporting that they're doing, um, you know, from afar, covering, covering uh, these stories and hearing stories from different scouts and different people. But my interactions with him, especially over the last year, have been not just professional, but fun and engaging yeah. and, and willing to discuss players and, and players that uh, the organization likes. And, you know, I've I've known Mike Hill, the president of the team, for almost 20 years, and Mike is about as nice as, as any play, uh, person that I've met in baseball. And, um, you know, I, I it's not the same, certainly not knowing. I've only uh, interacted with Gary Denbo now for a couple of years, but he is engaging. He is funny. He is willing to get around. Mm-hmm. um and i and i just think that this this perception that has been out there in the short period of time that i've had a chance to speak is is completely different than than what i've heard uh he likes things meticulous he liked it. he likes things his way there's no doubt about that i've seen that i would kid with him about that uh just kind of little things that i've seen uh you know gum on the ground, you know, pieces of gum being thrown out. I mean, people have their things, you know, people, people have their ways. Right. But, but, but in my, you know, engagement that I've had, um, not just in spring training, but aside from that, I I think that, that people especially who are uh, cover the Marlins and people who are fans of the Marlins, shouldn't say cover the Marlins, but people who are aware of the Marlins, because Gary has to make himself available uh, to the media, uh, you know, more out front in order for everyone to kind of, you know, have that same uh, idea that I do. And I, I got to say that because that's, that's a fair point that, mm-hmm. that I would say, but in my personal interactions that I've had, I, I think that the wrong view has been painted on Gary Devenbo. Hmm. I really, I, I really do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, Will you know, he's just, he's just, uh, he he tells jokes like he jokes around. <laughs> I'll 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 tell one. I'll tell one joke. he All right. won't get mad. He won't get mad. I don't
1: I not need to pull your leg for it. I was going I'll, to. I'll so tell, I'll, just went I'll to tell
0: it. one. It was really quick. But you would you would you see, when you when you see when you hear about Gary Dembo, you think, oh, you know, this guy is just he's tough, he's rough, and mm-hmm. he's not gonna you know. But not always the case. So as an sure. example, he he won't be mad at me for this one because it's an easy one. So so yesterday practice is going on and. And it's just I just happened to be standing there. It's not like I was running, you know, sprinting after Gary. He just happened sure. to be standing right there. So sitting watching, and uh, and he and he says to me, um, you know, we're very fortunate to have uh, Trey Hillman uh, throwing batting practice to our. I think he said something like, you know, you have no idea how fortunate we are to have a guy like Trey Hillman in the organization throwing batting practice to these players. And then it was like, so let me say it how he said it. Uh, something like you don't know how fortunate we are to have Trey Hillman throwing batting practice to these players as he just throws a ball away that nobody can hit. <laughs> and so and I was like, it caught me because I was like, you know, you don't hear that a lot. And right. and again, when you have a perception of, of someone, it's natural to think that because mm. not everybody has these interactions with that. And I, and I don't think that's going to change, but Again, being so blessed to cover Major League Baseball and get to know people in the organization a little bit better. And by the way, to want to do that. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. part of why I am so proud of what we do here is because I hustle. You know, I, I, wa- I want to learn more. I'm always wanting and asking mm. to try and learn more because I want to have a good idea as to really what is going on. And I think the most fair statement that has been made that I would convey by uh, by Gary, but also by uh, Marlon's CEO, Derek Jeter, is is this, is that I, I don't think that they have any issue uh, within the organization from, like, the noise outside the organization. I don't think that they have any issue with that at all and the criticism that comes with a team that won 57 games and losing a lot. Like, I, I don't think that that bothers them at all. I don't think that they take issue with that. I think the issue is, is that, the perception that is still going on is from what happened previously in a previous regime and without really being at spring training, without really being around the organization, without really getting to know the people who are in the organization and speaking to them. That's not always easy from a national perspective. It is not. I, I Look, I can't say that that every member of the national media has to fly down to Jupiter and has to request meetings with all of these. I mean, look, that's not realistic, but if you're going to be critical and you're going to clap back without really having a full understanding and getting to know the people that are involved and understanding what they're trying to accomplish, I think that that's what really bothers them. I think Mm. that that is the part of that. So when we do this podcast, uh, look, they're not going to love things that I say. Mm -hmm. They're not going to love the way that I report. There are going to be times where they're going to be like that. He should never be reporting that. And you should have never gotten that. And he should have never said that potentially something on this podcast that I (laughs) mentioned, maybe that, that they won't like. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that's part of doing reporting, but, but they know that I'm around. Right. And they know that even though I can't be there every single day, because I have a live show I do every day from, 11 to 1 Eastern. It's not possible. I have to pay my bills. This podcast is, you know, pays some, but it's, it's a labor of love. No question about that. Mm-hmm. I think that they understand that we here, you, myself, and all the great people that we have working with us here on the podcast, understand that, that uh, we're going to be around, you know, and right. especially me, I'm going to be around every possible second that I can. And part of it is to gain information and bring it to you guys. But the other part is to get an understanding on a player. Like, why did you do this? And who, what, really, who is this, who is this person? How did this trade happen? Why did you do this? This doesn't make sense. And I'm willing to spar. Mm. And I think that that's where uh, you know, maybe I've gained some respect. Because I'm willing to spar, and maybe I get a look at me like, oh, my gosh, Like, do you realize yeah. who you're talking to? Yes, I do, because I've covered the game a long time. Right. I, I know baseball. I'm the, I could never run a team, but I know, <laughs> I know the guys. I know yeah. trades. I know how I feel about trades. I know how I feel about players. So when I get that look back at me, my, I don't you know, shiver. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you how I feel. And I think that's part of, of it also is that to uh, gain respect, you got to earn a little respect. Mm. And so, uh, long story short in that, it would be nice to see uh, just uh, people getting to know how really this organization is working with the caveat of saying, do I know for sure that this is working? Do I know for sure that the Marlins are headed – to win a world series or to make, I don't know the answer to that. In two years from now, I could look back and say, my gosh, this was all wrong. I was so all wrong. these players they got were wrong. And everything yeah. I said was wrong. And I'll be the first guy to say, Hey man, I was fooled. And I says, Oh my gosh, all these players that they got the prospects are bust, and The trades are back. I'll be the first one to say it, but I'm going to work hard to try and figure out why they're doing the things that they're doing and the process right. that's involved in it. And I think that if more people did, I think that there'd be less animosity and less. Hmm clapping back to the past and, and all those other things as well so wanted to end with that little five-minute diatribe there
1: for the youngins listening to this podcast who want to get into this business listen to that whole diatribe over again because I think it was really really good advice uh, as you're trying to break into this industry as to how to operate within it uh, I know I am learning day by day Working with Craig, we are learning as you a, be there. You as a be Swings there. and Mishes organization day by day. Uh, speaking of all of those things, be sure to follow us at Swings and Mishes on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We're really trying to get things going on there with some new fun stuff. Uh, some new graphics coming your way sort of soon. Uh, I'm at Jeremy Taché. Am I paying for that? Am I paying for that? Uh, who's paying for that? We can have a conversation about that later. Uh, <laughs> at Craig Mish on Twitter uh craig any 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 last notes just real quick before we wrap this up no
0: i think that's it you said it really eloquently there at the end i think too and this doesn't just go for me i mean look i i I pride myself on being able to write a little but you know a lot of what we're doing is audio and visual too Mm -hmm. but i think you brought up a really good point at the end for somebody who potentially is looking to start a blog start a podcast and start covering a team and I know that, look, there are some organizations that are not going to credential you and are not going to give you that sort of access and you have to do it from afar. And I get it and I understand it and that's fine. But mm-hmm. if you are able to gain access and you are able to build relationships, it doesn't have to be with the Miami Marlins. It could be with any organization. It could be with a minor or league organization. Absolutely. You need to do your, and you need to do your due diligence and you need to take it upon yourself to hustle and to go meet these people in person. You need to hand, and it sounds old school, you need to handwrite write your letters. You need to show people that you are interested in, in being a part of, of the, the media, of being part of something that covers it uh, from a fair and objective standpoint. You cannot do that just sitting back. Uh, uh, you're doing data, you're doing fantasy like I am. Of course Different. you can do that. Right. But if you're trying to cover something, you got to be there. You you, ha, you ha, they have to know who you are. That You have to be able to speak to people. This is this is part of just individuals and humans.
1: And that's a good point that you brought up too. Absolutely. Uh, tonight, Ian Smith, our very own, throws out the first pitch at the game. I <laughs> heard that. Uh, it throws out wow. the first pitch. So I will be there uh, looking forward to seeing Ian. Ian actually hooked up a couple of our listeners with tickets. So for those of you who think that was just us, thank Ian for that one as well. Um, And again, rate us five stars on wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe, follow us at Swings and Mishes, and have a great Thursday. Guys, baseball season is on its way, which means you guys are about to be spending a lot more time outdoors, and it can get hot, and that means it can get uncomfortable, especially below the belt. You'll know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hair. That's why Manscaped has redesigned and perfected the electric trimmer with their new Lawnmower 3.0. Look, I know it can be sort of uncomfortable to bring up the discussion around men's grooming, but that's why I'm bringing this chat right to you. Forget the awkward in-person conversations trying to find the right trimmer or razor. Just go to manscaped.com and use our code SWINGS to get 20% off and free shipping. I'm telling you this from experience. They sent me the product. I used it, and I'll never be going back. Just some of the great new features include a ceramic blade to avoid cuts and scrapes and nicks, a 90-minute battery, an LED light for better sight line, and a USB charging stand. I mean, it's really simple. Whether you're dating, married, single, anywhere in between, guys, we wanna be clean. So make manscaping accidents a thing of the past. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're actually one of the very first people to hear about this legitimately life-changing product. I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Like I said, I've tried it and I'm not going back. So when you do go to the site, Feel free to tweet me at Jeremy Taché and let me know what you think. I'm serious. Trim all that junk right off yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SWINGS at manscaped.com. You'll be thanking yourself. So again, 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code SWINGS.